My goodness, so much things to love around here, isn't there? Amen? Uh, well, I'm a Scotsman, so here we go. William Wallace. I, I don't even need to try, you know. I want a wife and children and to grow crops, but it's all for nothing if I don't have freedom. Robert the Bruce, this is what he said, I have nothing. Men fight for me because if they do not, I throw them off my land and I starve their wives and their children. Those men who bled the, the, the ground red at Falkirk, they fought for William Wallace. And he fights for something that I never had. And I took it from him when I betrayed him. I saw it in his face on the battlefield, and it's tearing me apart. Robert the Bruce's leprous father said this, all men betray, all lose heart, Robert the Bruce said. I don't want to lose heart. I want to believe as he does. Wow. Bleh. Anyway, William Wallace, we all end up dead. It's just a question of how and why. <laughs> William Wallace's father, your heart is free. Have the courage to follow it. Dads, hear that? I, William Wallace, sigh, fight, and you may die. Run, and you will live, at, the, at least for a while. And dying in your beds many years from now, would you be willing to trade all the days from this day to, to that for one chance? Just one chance to come back here and tell our enemies that they may have taken our lives, but they can never take our... Anyway. William Wallace. They may take our lives out. They, they may take out our lives, but they will never take our freedom. The Apostle Paul. Where the Spirit of the Lord is. I would rather go with Paul than William Wallace, really. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Amen? Oh, we're just so fortunate to be, have the opportunity to live for Jesus in these days and to do what He's called us to do. You know, it was a, it was a day, if I can get my notes here, yeah. Um, it was a day back in 1983. I was two years a pastor. I'd been a commercial fisherman before that, and and uh, I was preparing on a Sunday morning. We used to have Gideon revivals. You know, it was a little village of 4,000 people. They thought, he's a pastor? Huh, we're not going to follow him. So we would have revivals. We would get up to 25 people. Then we would go back to 15, you know. We called it a Gideon revival. And, um, <clears throat> and so we would have a, have a few Gideon revivals. So I'm preparing this morning. And then I picked up a newsletter of a guy called Keith Green. And it was the very last newsletter that he ever wrote. He was a young man. I can't remember his age when he died, but he died in a plane crash just actually a few days after I had read 
the newsletter. And in the newsletter, it was, it was all about go, 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 go to the nations. And bringing a lot of conviction into our hearts to go and do what God call, was calling us to do. So that day, I'm standing there before 15 people, and I said, I believe God's telling us to go. He wants us to go to the nations. And my wife, Yvonne, she was looking after the kids, and one lady stood up and ran down the stairs, and, and she said, you better get up there and listen to your husband, because he's saying something. And, and I remember saying, I said, well, you know, we need to go to the nations, and really, I need to go first. Because when we do come to laying hands on a missionary, we need to do it with conviction. You see, in the Presbyterian church, we used to give the right hand of fellowship. And that was it, out the door, go. Just. <laughs> at least you'll get a hug these days. Amen? And, you know, I said to this friend, I said, can I carry your suitcase to India? And I said to him, this was in November 1983, and I said, no, maybe next year, end of next year or into 85. Well, he didn't like going to India, so he was, send, he was, he was a pastor of a big church, and, and he didn't like to go, but he was, this other guy and his ministry team was going, and he was going the May of the next year. May in Mumbai is 90 degrees to 100 degrees heat and humidity. Um, it was the start of the monsoon season, and here I am in India, carrying a suitcase, seeking to do what God had called me to do. Um, there's a picture here um, of a young man in India. Um, oh, there he is. That's me in Calcutta, standing outside the, the church that Will, William Carey used to preach in. I'll tell you about him in a moment. Attempt great things for God. Expect things, great things for God. How, ex how expectant are you? You see, I actually believe that God wants to use me. You may get prayed for today. You may get a prophecy that will send you to the other side of the world. I don't know, but, you know, but I expect God to use me today. I expect Him to use me every day. Every day is an opportunity with God. That sits in my study and I often look at it. I don't look at the man. I look at the words. Amen. He's changed a bit, but he's still got the energy to go. Amen. Because that's what he's calling us to do. Now, Steve and I just worked out that I must be the oldest guy in the building. But who cares? If you're not going to go, I'm going to go. Somebody's got to go. Amen. Have you got to go? You got to go. <clears throat> That was 36 years ago. And, um, you know, it was last year, I think it was, yeah, that uh, it was my 68th birthday. And uh, it was August, and it's usually in August. And, uh, um, and there I stood up in front of my church, in, in one of the churches in Scotland. I said, now, when I'm 70, I'm not going to be your pastor. I'm going to the nations, or Yvonne and I are going to the nations. And I remember saying this to the Antioch movement, I don't want to plant any more churches, but I want to help church planters everywhere. 
that's going to be my part of going to the nation. So I might come to the end of a road, a little bit of John G. Lake, might come to the end of a road somewhere and find you in tears. I've done that too. And, and, uh, and be able to help you and encourage you in such a way that you'll stay the course and you'll see it right through to the end. Because that's the heart of God for us, is to see it right through to the end. When I was a commercial fisherman, I was also the elder of a church, and it was just so much of my desire always to get home early to be part of the church and, and to be doing what I could. But sometimes, you know, the fish weren't that pro- prolific, and, and there would be days, and I can remember all my friends had caught enough fish. I hadn't caught enough fish, and I was in the wheelhouse crying. I said, God, they're all godless. I preached to them over the, the, the radio telephone, and I was thumping the edge of my wheelhouse like this. What is going on, Lord? What are you doing? And he said, you don't know what's happening, but one day you'll realize that what you're going through now is for the longevity of what I'm calling you to, so that you have got stickability to see it through to the end. Amen? We're going, to, we're going to see it right through to the end because he builds something. And yet Jesus chose fishermen. Anyway. <clears throat> so that was, that was the, you know, the, the, that time and, and as God called me to mission. And I went to India from 19... 84, right up until 1999. And then I just happened to give a bunch of leaders a prophetic word, and they didn't really take it on board. And, and I used to say this to the Lord, I don't need a word to go to India. I'll need a word not to go, because I just love to go. Say that, I love to go. God heard that. <clears throat> he heard that. You ever prayed this prayer? Lord, If you get me out of this one, I will do anything that you want me to do. Who's prayed that prayer? This is the week that he's coming back. You see, it says in the Psalms, it says in the Psalms, vows shall be paid unto me. I remember a day and when I was a Presbyterian, I was sitting there with the elements. The pastor had just preached the gospel, and I've got the bread and the wine in my hands, and, and I'm convicted, and, and I don't know what to do with it, and I'm just holding the bread and the wine. And I said, well, if you can do anything with this life, you're welcome to it. The amount of times he's reminded me of that moment with the bread and the wine, because vows shall be paid unto the Lord. If you're living and you know there's a vow that you need to pay to the Lord, this week's the week for you to come and reestablish that commitment, renew that commitment, get filled up with the Holy Spirit again, re-memorize your Scriptures, all these things that we need to do to be part of what God is doing in these days. Amen? Because He's calling us for such a time as this. Amen? And it's our turn, and, and your turn to go. But if you don't go, I'll just have to keep going for a little, Steve, you'll just have to keep going for a little while until we all get motivated into what it is the Father has for us and what He wants to do in and through our lives because He's a God of faithfulness. Amen?
Let's turn to the Scriptures. Let's look at one of two things here in Habakkuk. Habakkuk, I think you say. Habakkuk chapter 5, chapter 1, verse 5. I think the verses comes up here. Great Scripture. Look among the nations and watch. Be utterly astounded, for I will work a work in your days which you would not believe even if I told you. He'll work a work. You see, I'm a, I'm a prophet. That's what they call me, a prophet. So I'm prophesying to you today. Look at me. He's going to work a work in your day that you maybe even don't believe. And what he's looking for is a step of faith for you to come into that revelation and begin to see it become a reality in your heart and in your life. A work that he wants to do in your life and my life that will be totally astound the nations because we are a faithful people and doing what God's called us to do. Watch means to look intently at, to look intently, to look at with favor. We're a favored people, and God has called us to the nations for such a time as this. Don't watch the news like Clint is saying, but look to Jesus. Amen? Just keep your eyes on Him because He is going to lead us and He's going to guide us into some of the greatest moments of our life. I just had a prophecy just now. I get them too sometimes, you know. Um, I that I'm just coming into the greatest days of my life. Next 10 years is going to be the greatest days of my ministry. Whoa, I can't wait. Amen? We're right in there. We're right in there. If you want the bounce, he'll pray for you. Clint will pray for you. My goodness me. Hallelujah. This is my prophetic shoes, by the way. Yeah. color of the anointing, anointed feet. Someone prophesied over me. I had on a pair of uh, sneakers like that, and, and they say, I see you wear new balance shoes, and God's bringing a new balance into your life. So I just went and bought a pair with red in them, a new balance to the anointing. You know, there's no balance in the anointing. It's overflow all the way. Because we're called to overflow with all that Father God has given to us. Amen? So we just keep watching the Lord and keep doing what He's called us to do. It says there, be utterly astounded. Be amazed. Be amazed at what God is doing. He never ceases to amaze me. Never ceases to amaze me. Oh, some folks say, oh, don't be surprised at what God will do. I'm always surprised at what God will do. Use me. I'm just a little guy from the back, you know, from the ends of the earth, the northeast of Scotland, a little village, someone else once prophesied over me, can anything good come out of Macduff? I said, oh, thank you very much for that word, you know. So I, I believe God that, you know, He wants to do even more in and through who we are. Be utterly astounded. It's all about spending time in His presence. Jesus will astound you, and as, as, as you spend time with Him, He'll speak to you. He'll change your heart. He'll change the habits of a lifetime. He'll deliver you. He'll set you free. You'll be astounded. You'll, be, you'll look totally different in a few, a, couple, a few months' time if you give God the chance to work in and through your life.
You know, Robert quoted a word that we had, <clears throat> I had earlier about God made a way, a road, a roadway in the wilderness, and um, He's making a new way, and there's new rivers that He wants to flow through you and me. You see, when He, when he says He's making a roadway in the wilderness, um, you know, I would like to think that it's a great big highway, and I can see where I'm going, but that's not how faith works. Faith is taking one step, and you find there's a nice piece of road underneath your feet. And then you take another step, and then there's another piece. And then you take another step. And then what you find is, as you keep stepping out in faith, you've made a roadway for others to follow you on. And that's what we're called to do. We want to see a big highway, but that's not how he does it. Just one step at a time as you give him the opportunity to work in your life. And then it says um, there that there will be rivers in the desert. The only way that you're ever going to see rivers in the desert is when you start to overflow. Because that's what we're called to do. Jesus said this in John chapter John chapter 7, verse 38, it says, and this is the message, Bible. If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Rivers of living water will brim and spill out of the depths of anyone who believes in me this way, just as the Scripture says. Are you believing in Jesus as the Scripture says? I love what Jimmy Seibert says. He said, well, I just, you, you know, he would be reading the Gospels, and he said, I, I remember one time he said, well, I'll just do the next thing it says in the Gospel. And he would just go out and do it, you know. And, and that's what we need to do. We need to believe in Jesus as the Scripture says, because the promise is that the Holy Spirit is going to brim, and He's going to overflow from your life. And a dry land will become a land flowing with milk and honey. It could be that you're the key to someone's promised land if you overflow. But if you hold on to it, it'll become stagnant and it won't go anywhere. God just wants to keep uh, us to keep overflowing and being who He's called us to be in these days. Another scripture is um, in Jeremiah chapter 33, 3. This is a, one of the words he gave me for the new year. Call to me, and I will answer you, and I will show you great and mighty things which you do not know. But I've been around the block. I'm the oldest guy in the building, Lord. You mean, I don't, haven't I just experienced everything? No, you just need to start calling on me again. I want to show you some more. I want to show you great and mighty things that you have not seen. So my prayer for this year is this. I want to see it. I want to feel it. And I want to experience it. And whatever it is that you're doing, I want to be in the heart of it. And by the way, Lord, I want to lay hands on a thousand students this year and send them to the nations. (laughs) I'm ready. Amen? A thousand students. So I've got my little diary, and I'm, how many students did I pray over last night? You're, and I write it down. I'm believing God. You see, what He'll do is He'll do exceedingly abundantly more than I could ever ask or think. So my little puny little thousand, but but that'll be a good start, eh? If we get a thousand students released out of the Antioch movement 
and see them sent to the nations. Oh, your enthusiasm just overwhelms me. <clears throat> you see, are you ready to do some of the great and mighty things for God? Are you ready to step back into your call? It may be that you've forgotten about your call. Maybe you got disappointed in your call. Maybe you'd been on a team. Maybe you were going to the nations. I'm calling you back. I'm calling you back in today in Jesus' name. I really do believe God wants to release some people back into their calling. He wants, he's got some great and mighty things. Ah, but my experience, well, forget that. Don't hang on to that stuff. Let's move into the new stuff. Great and mighty things that we've never seen. We haven't seen them yet. And I'm excited about that. What God will show us by revelation. Amen? I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, would grant to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Jesus. That the eyes of your heart would be opened. That you would know the hope of your calling. The riches of his glory, of his inheritance in you. And the surpassing greatness of his power that's towards you who believes. That's the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. Seated him in heavenly places. Far above all rule and authority and name. That was one of my early scriptures I memorized. Jeremiah 33. The people... Uh, urged the people to call out to the Lord again, pointing out that this time the Lord would hear and answer. I want to say to you prophetically, if you're stuck somewhere, this time the Lord will answer you. Give Him another opportunity. Give God a chance to meet you where you are today. And all these calls to the nations and all the things that's happening um, around the world, we have an opportunity to be part of in these days. And I just can't wait. What is it, Lord? What do you want me to do now? Where do you want me to go? You know, I'm, I think it's 30 days I'm going to be in the States going around and ministering to, to training schools and stuff. I think it's 19 airplanes. People go, 19 airplanes? Well, you expect me to fly? <laughs> of course I'm going to go on, on an airplane if I'm going to get there. Amen? Because God's calling us for such a time as it. I don't have time to waste and neither do you. Amen? We don't have time to waste in these days. We're called of God for such a time as this. Let's give God the opportunity. Great and mighty things. That's the inaccessible and the unfathomable things that God wants to open up for you and for me. And it's just amazing what he'll do if you give him the opportunity as you reach out and touch lives and the way that he'll take you into things and the way that he'll lead you and the way that he will guide you. I just want to um, share one. We're going to minister today. We're going to minister to a few people today because um, I really do believe that the promises of God, they demand a response from our hearts. And we just need to respond to him because he is a God of faithfulness. He is a God of faithfulness, and he does want to meet you where you are. And, and the things that we're saying on church planting, the things that we're saying about Indonesia, or even coming to some of the other church plants, or whatever it is that he's calling us to do, we need to be ready 
to respond to Him again. And I really do believe that this week, um, you know, there was a guy in the early days, I remember when I first came to, to, to Antioch, uh, well, well, it was Highland Baptist Church then, and they would talk about this guy called Steve Fry, and um, he was abandoned to the captain. Remember that song? And, uh, <clears throat> and, and he would come, and he, would, he, he was a great music minister. I think he's got a big church in, in Atlanta now. But I'd been in a conference with him, and he, he spoke about this. He says, and there are times in your life that you come to altar points. And when you come to an altar point, you see, um, Abraham was, he dug wells, but he built altars, and he always came back to the altars. And an altar point is a point in your life that God speaks to you, and, and you just can't get away from it. You've always got to come back to that altar point. I'll do it again, Lord. For me, one of my altar points is when he baptized me in the Holy Spirit. Um, I was halfway across the North Sea on a Monday morning reading my, my New Testament. Any branch in me that doesn't bear fruit, he, throw, he cuts it off and throws it in the fire. Uh, that little, little, little New Testament, I threw it down. It was red hot in my hands. And I had a fear of the Lord experience halfway across the North Sea. Psalm 139 became a reality to me. Even if I go to the remotest part of the sea, he's there. And then I came home that weekend, a long story short, I had a blind and light experience in my bedroom. You know something? Jesus, I mean, Stephen Gully wasn't even there, but Jesus actually baptized me in the Holy Spirit, and he never even asked me. <laughs> I didn't have Stephen Gully. Just play that song, Stephen. Every eye closed, every head bowed. And if you would make your way to the front, don't trip over your own feet, but just make your way to the front. He just came into the bedroom. I was lying in my bed. I was shaking like this, and I was blind and light experience. I said, what's going on here, Yvonne? What's, what's happening? I went to the Presbyterian church the next day. Yvonne's holding on to my coat like this, you know. We used to dress up then to go to church. Um, and she's holding on to my coat like this, and she said, she said please don't jump up, and please don't shout. Please and, he, and she had a prayer she was praying, oh, Lord, make him a little bit more enthusiastic. And her prayer, her prayer changed that day. She said, oh, Lord, this is maybe too much. <laughs> it's one of my altar points. When I go through a hard time, I come back to that place, and then I start to speak in my spiritual language again. And I begin to build myself up, as the Scripture says, in my most holy faith. I take authority over the discouragement, and we keep moving on into what God has for us. Amen? Because He's a God of faithfulness. Let's finish with this, what I call, uh, talk um, about the call of God. I was, in, I was in Croatia a few months ago on a pastoral visit there, and I couldn't read Croatian, but I was a little card on this pastor's um, um, mantelpiece, and and I worked it out that it was Psalm 115, verse 9 to 15. And I could see the call of God in it. And looking at my own life as, as to what God wanted to do in that, I just felt that uh, let's finish with one or two points out of this. Oh, Israel, trust the Lord. He is their help and their shield. Oh, house of Aaron, trust the Lord. He is their help and their shield. 
You who fear the Lord, that's us. You who fear the Lord, you who reverence the Lord. Get into whoa, that worship deal. I'll be going through JT's word a few times. Get hold of that praise and that worship deal. Those who reverence the Lord. Amen? He's your helper and your shield. You see, the picture, the Sunday school picture of the Roman soldier is a wrong picture. Because according to the book of Genesis chapter 15 and verse, verse 1, it's, uh, it's, it, where it says, Abraham, um, God says to Abraham, Abraham, I am your shield, your exceeding great reward. Amen? I love saying that. God is my shield. He goes before me. He is my rear guard. He's the God that's with us all the time. If He sends you out somewhere, He's Jehovah Shammah. He's already there preparing for you. He's already prepared a place for you, wherever it is that you, He wants to take you in these days. So in the call of God, it's number one, it's the call to unity. We've got to get it together as the body of Christ. Amen? I sometimes tell this story, you know, my daughter got married five years ago, and we're all dressed up. I'm in the kilt, you know, and all that, and she's the beautiful bride, just her and me in the home, and, and I looked at Leslie that day, and I said, oh, honey, who was that lady that did your hair today? Who, who was your hairdresser? My goodness, what a mess she's made. And then I said, was that, I saw that lady walk in that was putting on your makeup. Did, was she blind? What a mess she's made of your face. And I, pe- I paid for that rag you're wearing, that dress. Could you not have got a better one than that? What kind of wedding do you think we would have had? But why do we talk about the church like that? The bride of Christ. Amen? Why do we talk about her like that? He's coming back for a bride without spot or without wrinkle. Oh, you have a few wrinkles to deal with yet. Jesus is not coming back tonight. Still, no, anyway. <laughs> the call of God and, and a, a call to unity. You see, a call to unity is when we walk together and we walk in that place where we're walking in agreement, where we're, we're, doing, we're, we're doing life together. And that's where God commands the blessing. Amen. It's a call to trust God in these days. Trust Him with all our heart. And I want to say to some people today, to trust Him again. Trust Him. Renew your trust in the Lord and what the Lord wants to do in and through your life because He's a God of faithfulness. You can trust Him with all of your heart. To trust, to feel secure to be unconcerned in the Lord. That's what the word means, to be unconcerned in the Lord. Just knowing that trust in Jesus' name. Third thing is this, a call to believe God in verse 9 and verse 10 and verse 11. You've got to believe that He is your shield. Don't leave the shores until you know He is your shield, your exceeding great reward. Amen? Because he's a God of faithfulness. <clears throat> so he said to Abraham, I am your shield, your exceeding great reward. Number four is this. It's a call to us all. 
It's for y'all, y'all, you know, you know, if we say in Texas, isn't it? It's both great and small. You may be in here and saying, oh, nobody's prayed for me yet. All these leaders, they just bypassed me, and I'm first down at the altar call, and, and nobody's prayed for me. Yeah, and, and oh, they all seem all very good and all very great, but I'm just the least of the least in here. God's called you then. You qualify. You qualify for the next thing that God wants to do in the nations. You could be the key to the nations. I remember hearing Re- Leonard Ravenhill preach, and he was talking about um, this meeting in Ireland, and, um, and, and, and he, he said, you know, it, it was just one of those meetings. It was very stuffy. It was very difficult. And everybody was blaming the devil. It was actually the janitor put the heating on too much, you know. But, but anyway, that's where Amy Carmichael got hold of the word. Her prayer is, give me a love that leads the way. Give me a faith that nothing can dismay. Give me a hope, no disappointments tire, and a passion that will burn like fire. Let me not sink to be a clod, but make me thy fuel, O flame of God. Amazing prayer. She left the shores, and, and she said, no, I won't be home in furlough. I won't be. No, it's, we don't do that today. Okay, she, anyway. But she, she went, and she stayed there all her life. They used to carry her out. She had a curvature of the spine at the end, and she, they used to carry her out, and she would, the, she would preach to the people. My first translator ever in Mumbai was one of her sons. It was one of the most humbling experiences in my life, but that's for a different time. It's a call. Number five, it's a call to more. Listen to what it says. The Lord has been mindful of you. He will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He'll bless the house of Aaron. He will bless the house of those that reverence Him, both small and great. You know, turn the grievance into praise like we heard this morning. Just let him in that little bit more, and we're going to see God move and see him do great things. We're living in the greatest days of history. We're living, and you're living in one of the greatest nations in the world. And God is for this nation. He's not against it. Amen? It's a call to be responsible. Verse 16, the heavens, even the heavens are the, are the Lord's, but the earth He has given to the children of man. Could I get my ball, please? She's taking my ball. Thank you. The earth He's given to the children of men. He's given it to you and me. He holds the world in the palm of His hands. And he's given it to you and me. So we have a responsibility for this earth. Amen? America, your intercession. Oh, America, I just love you. I bless you. I bless the government. I bless every state. I want to thank you for my friends that you're going to send out to the nations. Indonesia, you don't know what's coming. But we... In intercession this morning, this afternoon, I just prepare you for what's coming. I release the love of God unto you today. In Jesus' name. Oh, the Middle East. Oh, the pain. I can feel your pain. I can feel your pain. I can feel your pain. And I just want to cry over the nations. Oh, let my tears, let my tears be a washing on Syria. Let them be a washing. Let the the overflow of my heart 
wash the nations today. Intercession. If you're a prophetic person, you're an intercessor. It's your main ministry. And then in the days when you're discouraged, I learned this from a pastor. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. It says that the world is his footstool. And I'm seated in heavenly places with him. So my problems now come into perspective. Ah, that relationship. Jesus, just put your foot on that and we'll fix it in Jesus' name. <laughs> Devil, no longer will you. I'm high. I don't know what heaven you're in, but I'm in the heaven of heavens seated in heavenly places, and I take authority over what you're doing in the Middle East right now in Jesus' name, and we speak release in the name of Jesus. Amen? California, you are blessed. You are blessed, California. Oh, California's in a mess. California. No, you are blessed because the people of God are going to talk to you, talk about you, listen to what it says. And in Isaiah 40, 49, verse 8, thus says the Lord, in an acceptable time I've heard you. In the day of salvation I've helped you. I will preserve you, and I will give you a, as a covenant to the people to restore the earth. You need a vision? Here it is. Catch it. It's to restore the earth. You can have any part of it you want. You have not because you ask not. Come and receive it today. Let God do something in your heart as He moves and as He ministers to us. The last thing is this. It's a call to be confident in the one that we worship. All that we've heard of already, just the one that we'll wor we worship. One of my favorite scriptures, I meditated on it for about six months. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 and 21. All we need is the first three words. Stand to your feet. Now to Him. Say it with me. Now to Him. To Him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you could ever ask or think. Amen. Let me read it in the Amplified. It says, Now to Him who is able to carry out his purposes and to do super abundantly more than all that we dare ask or think, infinitely beyond our greatest prayers, hopes, or dreams, according to his power that is at work within us. The power's there. It's now time to release it. Amen? It's right there. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen.